Hey, welcome back to the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. It is our second episode of our Friday show weekend prep. Grant Covey, Sam Thelman here with you as usual. Sam, uh, we're ready for another weekend of sports, college football, NFL. What was your, I mean, we, we talked about our reactions on Monday, but you know, now that the week's kind of gone on, you're excited for this week two in the NFL and really week three, really, for college football, week two for some, week one for others as well. Oh, of course. You know, when you've got the Colts going on a losing streak, what's not to like about that? We've got the uh, we've got a bunch of NFL games I'm really excited about, watching the Panthers play the Bucks, watching the Chiefs play at the Chargers. I'm just excited for this new slate of of games on both the college and NFL side. We've got a bunch to talk about in this episode. Yeah, and you mentioned the college side. We're going to get to that first because a lot happened this week. It was rumored. Rumors started to come out last week. Hey, the Big Ten, they're coming back. There's going to be a revote, whatever. They had the presidents and chancellors met on Sunday. Nothing came out of that, but by midweek, uh, we were we were notified that the Big Ten would be returning. They're going to do an eight-game schedule and then a ninth game that's like to be determined. It'll be a cross-divisional kind of game. I kind of like what the Big Ten's doing here. They're not starting, though, for over another month. Um, they're not starting for over another month, so we have some time to, to adjust and get ready for it. But, Sam, are, I'm not surprised that the Big Ten came back. Um, are you were you surprised by anything that the Big Ten did, or maybe not surprised? Um, I'm surprised because it seemed like Kevin Warren, who, if you don't know, is the commissioner of the Big Ten, kind of like fell to what like with like a bunch of parents basically. Like, uh, of course, there was players concerning their thoughts, but I thought if you were going to make this decision to wait till spring, you should stick with it. If you if you truly in your heart believe that you should wait until spring. Wait until spring. I don't care if Justin Fields, who's a top 10 pick probably next year, says we want to play. If you're Kevin Warren, you've got to stick to your guns if that's what in your heart believes. And I think that's what I respect about the Mac. Like, even though we're frustrated that they're not back yet, they're sticking to their guns. They they were one of the first conferences to say, hey, we're not doing it till spring and I and I respect that about it. no matter whether I want action back or not I respect them sticking to their guns yes but also I mean the people changed it it was the Big Ten parents players coaches athletic directors that pushed this revote that pushed them to do this mm-hmm. and I think the Mac should be following suit with what the Big Ten did in terms of the players uh, you've seen a lot of tweets uh, come out from players last night. If you follow us on Twitter, we were retweeting uh, stuff about different players that were saying stuff. Uh, uh, one of the key Buffalo offensive players put out a statement saying we want to play. So I, I think it's it's interesting that the MAC has not or will not consider. They they put out a statement yesterday saying we will not reconsider, which I think is total idiocracy on their on the MAC part. I get sticking to your decision, but at some point you can own up and say, listen, we called this way before it should have been called. A, a month ago, we don't know now what we did about the coronavirus, okay? A month ago, or even three weeks ago, when we started here at Ball State, there was a lot of cases. The first two weeks were rough. There was a lot of cases. Our quarantine rooms were filling up. People were getting it, and there was a lot of uncertainty about it. There's a lot of uncertainty about how long are we going to be here? I thought we would be home by now. 
but we're still here and we've weathered the storm. We're on the backside of it, in my opinion. So I think the Mac has got to look at the numbers. And, and if you go, uh, for example, if you go to the Ball State COVID dashboard, mm-hmm. I looked at it last night. Our quarantine and isolation room capacity, we have 95% available capacity. So only 5% is being used. So I, I think that, you know, the, the colleges are, are weathering the storm no Mac schools have been sent home yet. No Mac schools have had to, to drop back on what they uh, said in terms of academics. Why can't we play football? These players deserve to play. And, and quite honestly, if the Mac holds off to the spring, it's going to be irrelevant. The Mac football season is going to be irrelevant to every single football fan. It's going to be irrelevant. You think about it. So say you start a have a Late February start, okay? That's the middle of conference basketball season. What happens three weeks later? The conference basketball tournament. What happens a week after that? Oh, yeah, a little thing called March Madness that lasts until the 1st of April. And then at that point, you know what? If I have to choose between going to uh, a a MAC basketball game here at Ball State and a football game, I'm choosing basketball. It's what's more relevant at the time. MAC football is going to be obsolete. It's not very popular in the fall the way it is. They get their publicity on Tuesday nights with, with midweek action. And quite honestly, you're going to be even more irrelevant you play in the spring. If you think, oh, well, they're going to be the only team playing, people are going to watch it. No, that is not true. The XFL proved that we do not need football year-round. And this is kind of what the MAC is doing, saying, taking this unique approach, saying, okay, we're going to give it to them in the spring, and it's going to be unique, and it's going to be awesome, and people are going to watch. Nope, that's not the case. If the MAC wants to have any sort of relevancy in football, it has to play this fall. No questions about it. They have to play this fall if they want any sort of relevancy in the college football scheme. Okay, there's, there's two things I want to hit on. One, you have to, as a conference, have to have every team on board. And from what I've been talking to other people in my in, uh, hustle boat, there's teams like NIU that aren't willing to change their minds as to playing. So, yes, you, yes, it would, it would, it would, it would be so much, so much fun to watch a mad game and whatnot. But you have to have everybody's unanimous support. Like you have to. I don't want to watch an 18 Mac season. And two. Mac football. Let's be let's be honest. If we weren't at Ball State, we would not give a crap about Mac football on Tuesday and Thursday. Let let's be honest. Like maybe we would turn it into one or two games if we were at IU or whatever. But no one outside the scheme of Mac football really gives a damn. Like let's 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 be frank. So the matter of fact that people are gonna tune in if they're fans, if they're not. Like you said, they may turn it into basketball, but at least that's still that's still viewers turning into a Mac product at the end of the day and you still get revenue out of it. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I like that they're making sure that it's completely safe. I like that they're sticking to their guns and I like that the fact that they're making sure they have a plan in place. Like instead of the Big Ten kind of having to now going back on their decision and having to have a plan in place in a month, like the Mac still has until basically February to decide what they're going to do and I like that. It's your opinion. I, I don't agree with that at all. What if they, What if there's a bowl season? What if, what if they, in late December, early January, we have a bowl season? And the Mac's going to be left out from that. They're going to be left out from a lot of things, okay? You play in the spring, and now you're running into problems. Can we start the fall season online or uh, on time? 
What if you can't do that? Then you're just playing catch-up. And I think the, the MAC has to take this opportunity while it presents itself. The Big Ten went back on their decision. The Big Ten and the MAC are essentially the same geographic region when you look at it. The MAC's more, you know, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois kind of region. But in the Big Ten's a little more spread out. But essentially the same geographic region. Don't count the MAC out yet. I know the commissioner has put out a statement saying there's no way but don't count them out yet. These players, these coaches, the athletic directors are going to be pushing for a restart. Revenue, everything is is involved here. And, you know, I think that just, just keep your eye out for it here in the next two weeks. Don't be surprised if you see something from the MAC. Maybe it's not they start in October. Maybe it's not until November. But keep your eye out on that. I think still think there's a chance. Um, but, I, I yeah, Sam, I honestly still think there's a chance for the MAC to return. Maybe not as early as the Big Ten, but I still think there's a chance. But you can't compare Mac to Big Ten. It's not apples to apples. Yes, they are in the same location. And the only the only way I see the Mac coming back early is if every group of five comes back. Because yes, we aren't in the same geographic location, but we're basically in the same boat financially, just like players wise, talent wise. That's what I would use Yes, we do have some group of five conferences that are playing, but if it was like unanimous, like every other group of five conference said, yes, we're playing in November, then I would say the MAC may reconsider. But the Big Ten returning doesn't really have an impact in the MAC because they're they're not they're way bigger schools, more finances. They just they're just bigger in general. So when you look at the size of the MAC to the Big Ten. I'm not sure even if the Big Ten, which they are returning, it affects the MAC at all. All right, Sam, I'll let you have the last word on that one, but because yeah. we we got to move on a little bit here. But yeah, honestly, just watch out for the MAC because they they were the first to cancel. Honestly, one of the first to cancel. They could be one of the first group of five to come back too. Um, you'd like to see it, you know. If it's not about the money, why can't we come back? I I think that is a big point that the players and the coaches are making right now. It's not about the money. Why can't we play? Why does Purdue get to play? But, uh, uh, you know, 60 miles over here in Muncie, we don't get to play. And I think that's kind of the discussions bring, being brought up right now. The Big Ten saw what the other conferences did. Hey, they started. They had, they had What? They had fans in the stands? That's insane. Yep, they did it, and they did it safely. Um, and I think they saw that and said, okay, there's got to be a way we can do this. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll see what happens. I'd love to see a MAC return this fall. Probably not going to happen, you know, like Sam said, but um, they're definitely going to have to rethink some of their ways in, in handling this for sure. All right, let's get on to some NFL talk, Sam, here. Um, week two coming up. It's going to be an exciting week. Let's look at through the schedule. There's not really that many, like, exciting matchups. I mean, there's not very many um, – crossed you know there's not very many divisional there's some divisional but not very many divisional rivalry matchups you could say um it's just kind of bland in my opinion you have the patriots and the seahawks and the ravens and the texans on sunday and the patriots seahawks sunday night game but other than that saints raiders on monday night maybe but other than that i just when i look at this schedule i think man that's kind of bland Honestly, there's not that much in terms of marquee big matchups that I see compared to week one. I, I don't know if I agree with that. When you look at the matchups, I'm ex- like, I'll start off with Cardinals-Washington. you got a young Kyler Murray going up against, you saw that Washington defense. They had like five sacks, I think it was. 
five first round picks or whatever. I'm excited to see Tom Brady play Panthers. Both teams need a win. I'm excited for that. Broncos coming off a loss in primetime, going to the Steelers who are also coming off a primetime win. I'm excited to see that. Rams with their high scoring offense against the Eagles who have a tougher defense. Like you may not see these like it's not going to be Kansas City Houston, but there is definitely some interesting matchups like Colts and Vikings, both winless teams need a win. You see Kirk Cousins playing against Phillip Rivers. I'm excited to see that matchup. So when you look across the board, yes, it doesn't strike you as kind of a great week, but in my mind, I'm excited for these matchups. Yeah. When you look at it, you know, point blank, it doesn't appear to be, you know, that that well, you know, in terms of a competitive standpoint, I'm sure there will be some great games, like you mentioned. I want to get to that Panthers-Bucks matchup. Both teams 0-1, but the Panthers look decent with, with Teddy Bridgewater uh, at, at quarterback. They lost to the Raiders last week by four. Um, I, what do you expect from this Panthers-Bucks matchup? I expect it to be kind of a close matchup with kind of, you know, the opposing kind of offense in Matt Rule and Teddy Bridgewater, and then you have Bruce Arians and Tom Brady on the other side. Kind of two different offenses going at it. I think that this game has a potential to be a shootout uh, from start to finish. I hate to disagree with you, and here's why. I'll say this. Panthers, uh, uh, first week, they did lose to the Raiders and put an outstanding performance of 30 points or whatever. But the Bucks' defense is a lot tougher. I know they gave up 34 points to the Saints, but it's Drew Brees at the end of the day. Like, Drew Brees is going to put up points on anybody. And I just don't think that – I think week one was basically a fluke for this offense. When you got so many new weapons, you got a new uh, head coach, new offense court, new quarterback, new wide receiver, Robbie Anderson. It's tough to just put that out there and put up 30 points a game. And the Buccaneers' defense has been practicing all summer against Tom Brady, so I think they're better than people give them credit for. I – I think this is going to be a little bit low scoring than people kind of picture. And I, I, I'm excited to see if Tom Brady can kind of turn around from week one. Yeah, I, I just, I still have some questions about the Bucks defense. Yes, it is the Saints, and they allowed 34 points, but I still going to have some questions uh, about that Buccaneers defense. I think Teddy Bridgewater might have the capacity to dink and dive through that defense and, and find those open holes, just like Drew Brees did. Not comparing Bridgewater to Breeze, but Teddy sat behind Drew Brees for what a year or two, mm-hmm. so he's got he he he's got some some pointers from Drew Brees, and, and he's watched him play against the Buccaneers. And I know it's a different Buccaneers team. I get that, but you know some of the fundamentals of finding holes in defenses, when to run, when to throw it away, and when to pass. I think are going to come into play here. I I like this one to be a close one. I still think the Bucks get it done, but I think the Panthers hold their own there. Um, in in that matchup. Another matchup I was kind of looking at there, Patriots-Seahawks. I think this one's going to be a phenomenal game. You have Cam Newton on one side with his newly uh, acquired team in the Patriots who looked great in week number one. And you have the Seahawks, you know, Sam's MVP candidate, Russell Wilson, in prime time in Seattle. Um, I don't think there will be any fans there. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't think there will be any fans there, Sam. Play, that that stadium is just going to feel different with no fans. And, you know, the 12th man in Seattle, they're known for being one of the loudest stadiums in the league. It'll be kind of different on Sunday with no fans and, and no real crowd noise. Oh, yeah, definitely. When you have the Legion of Boom and all that 12 man and 
like one of the loudest, uh, noisiest stadiums in the NFL. It's just simple. Like it's going to be different, but I think teams are going to get used to it. They got the Seahawks got a win last week dealing with it last week. So I, I think I'm really excited to see Cam Newton kind of try to pick apart this Seahawks defense with Jamal Adams because, you know, uh, Patriots have had many uh, battles with Jamal Adams over the years with him coming from the Jets. I, I'm just really excited to see if Cam Newton can run on this defense or if Russell Wilson's going to put up 400 yards like he did last week. Yeah, I think, you know, another one of those maybe kind of shootout-type games. I think the Seahawks do get it done here, though. I I, I like the Seahawks in this one. I know it, it's, it's the Patriots, but I still think, you know, there's still some adjusting for Cam Newton and Bill Belichick to do. I think the Seahawks, when you look at them, are more of a well-oiled machine, in my opinion. We'll find out. I do like the Seahawks, though, in prime time in that matchup. I mean, yeah, I could see that. But I think people I, – I do think the Seahawks get it done. But I think, personally, people are sleeping on the Patriots' defense. They have, like, five opt-out, five opt-out, like, alone on the defense. It still had – Held the Dolphins. I know it's the Dolphins to 11 points. Still really impressive. You still got Gilmore on that team. You still got a notable uh, defense. I think it's going to be more difficult than people think for Russell Wilson to score. But I do agree with you. I think the Seahawks get it done. Yeah, you got um, teams that are trying to avoid 0-2 starts. Falcons, Cowboys. One of those teams will come out of there 0-2, uh, down two on the season. You mean Colts? Did you say Vikings? No, I said Falcons. Oh, okay. Falcons, Cowboys. Um, But, yeah, Falcons, Cowboys in AT&T Stadium. The Cowboys looked – they just did not look that good on Sunday night football against the Rams a week ago. Um, You know, it was a close game, but not what we expected out of the Cowboys. Honestly, this season I thought, you know, they could come out being a great offensive firepower, putting up – 25 30 35 points a game they didn't do that against the rams and i know it's week one so you take everything with a grain of salt but i think the cowboys you know struggled just a hair on offense last week and uh, this one's going to be a close one i like the cowboys though in this one over the falcons i think the falcons are you know they just never recovered from the 2017 super bowl and this year i don't think is going to be any different calvin ridley's going to hopefully give me some more good fantasy points but <laughs> other than that i think mike mccarthy can open up his stay at at&t stadium with a win maybe i'm i'm hoping for i'm one of those uh, few doc supporters out there i think he's definitely a key but watching Matt Ryan through for 400 plus yards makes me hard to believe that after watching the Cowboys defense, even though they only allowed 20 points against the Rams, they just couldn't get beyond the line of scrimmage. It was tough. They added a bunch of new pieces. They got Alden Smith back after he reinstated. They got Everson Griffin. They just couldn't get back to Jared Goff and the rushers. And it was hard to watch, even though it was a low scoring game. I think Matt Ryan's gonna be firing all cylinders. I wanna say the Cowboys, but I just don't know if I can believe them until they can prove it on the field. And I might just have to go with the Falcons on this one. Yeah, it, they've struggled, and we've seen it over the past couple of years, high expectations, and, uh, you know, they didn't they didn't achieve them. They didn't get there. Uh, the 49ers trying to avoid an 0-2 start. They're taking on the Jets. The Jets, who looked absolutely terrible in week number one against the Bills. I There's... I don't know. I feel like there's a separation here, Sam, in the NFL between, like, Jets, like, 
people that think the Jets are actually going to be good this year and people that are, like, realistic. Like, do you think, I mean, in your opinion, do the Jets finish above 500? I mean, they've got the talent there, and you would think Sam Darnold, he's, what, in his third or fourth season? You know, last year he had mono and all that, that and all that stuff. But are the Jets an above 500 team this season? I no. mean, based on the performance of the Bills, you have to say no. No, it's not. It's not just that. It's like you look at Le'Veon. Le'Veon doesn't fit Adam Gase's offense. You've got an aging Frank Gore behind him, which looks like he's probably going to be starting on Sunday with Le'Veon going on IR. Like you've got Sam Darnold, who just hasn't ever just screamed to me as a as a just a great potential quarterback. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, your top option basically is Jamison Crowder, who's a slot receiver. You do have some solid pieces on defense, like I believe Leonard Williams, C.J. Mosley, and they just trade away Jamal Adams. So it's just like, I don't see this, I don't even see the Jets getting really six wins on this season. Like, as good as the potential was for Sam Darnold and Le'Veon and Jamison Crowder, it's just like... Like, Adam Gase just isn't that great of a coach. Any storylines you're looking out for here coming out of week two, Sam? I, I know we had a few out of week number one. Washington's a little bit better than everybody thought. The Raiders get it done. What What are some different storylines that you see coming out of uh, of this week in the NFL? Um, I see the Texans potentially going to 0-2 and the Ravens. And Bill O'Brien being on the hot seat once again, I see the Ravens just rolling over the Texans really when I picture with the amount of the amount of times they struggled against the Chiefs last week that's one storyline I'm looking for another is what's another one I'm gonna go with the Jaguars potentially on because everybody's riding high on the Jaguars see if they can get a win against a solid Titans team after they kind of they upset the Colts really so those are two storylines I'm looking for yeah I'm kind of looking at uh, Kyler Murray here. Can he keep up the success from last week that he had against the 49ers? I think he can, um, but I, I kind of want to follow him. What is that storyline going to look like? Can the Packers get to 2-0 on the season, open up Lambeau Field with a win uh, are, are some of the storylines I see coming out. The Buck potentially starting 0-2 I think would be an amazing storyline if we saw that um, coming out of week number two and a storyline that i would or a story or, or something a report that i would like to see is when is the washington football team gonna get a nickname i mean we have come on let's get a mascot here it's a, not that hard a name is irrelevant it's it's not what you look like on the field it's how you perform on the field and if it can get them more wins then why not keep them the same? And let's find out if uh, the owners there are superstitious on when it comes to naming. You know, hey, we're two and zero, or you know, we're one and one with the Washington football team. We want to keep it the same. I think. Well, the XFL kind of messed them up because they could have just switched and called themselves the DC Defenders. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be a sweet name to have in the NFL. Um, I just, I'm just ready for them to have a nickname. I don't know what it's gonna be. You know. It, you know the other M M the M NBA and NHL franchises kind of took the good ones from there. Washington um, is the, the the Washington Continentals. I think that is a that is a nickname somewhere, or that's a college football. Maybe. So, somebody's know, a Continental somewhere. I, I know Sentinels is from a movie. I don't know about Continentals. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I didn't do my research on it, but I'm just ready for him to have a new nickname and just get rid of the Washington football team and it's 
come on, guys. I know, I know, I know. It's probably probably not on their first priority list. Probably on their first priority list is no one testing positive. So, I, I would just love for them to, to get a nickname here soon, so we can start calling them by something other than Washington. All right, Sam. Time to get to our favorite segment of the week. Lock it down. Last week we were both two and zero. We did a good job. Picked two winners. Each of us did. Um, I had the Raiders and the Bills uh, were my locks from last week. Sam, you had uh, the Seahawks winning over the Falcons and the Bills over the Jets. I actually had the, the Bears over the Lions. I keep thinking I had the Bills. No, I had the Bears over the Lions, uh, which was a comeback, a great finish. Uh, and then I had the Raiders over the Panthers in, in that matchup. So, Sam, uh, we'll get to you first here, your locks of the week. Uh, tell me who you picked. Tell me why. Um, I have the Broncos plus seven and a half versus Steelers. When I looked at it last week, it's pretty self-explanatory. The Steelers only beat the Giants by 10. Now, I know the Steelers were in control, but they only beat the Giants by 10. And I think the Broncos are a stronger opponent. They were really close with the Titans all the way till the end. I'm a big fan of the Broncos this season. I hope... I, it will vastly improve my odds if Cortland Sutton can play this week. I'm going to stick with it. Broncos plus 7.5 versus the Steelers. I really like that one. And for my final, I'm riding the Minshew Mania train. I'm going Jaguars plus 8.5 versus the Titans. Two divisional opponents to a tough matchup. I feel like the Jaguars are going to surprise some people this season. May not get above 500, but I could see them getting two or three wins. And I believe they're going to prove people wrong in this matchup by at least covering eight and a half versus the Titans. Yeah, like you mentioned, it's it's kind of you know silly not to take the Jags there. It's an eight point spread. The Titans, I still think win, but I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to win by yep. more than by more than eight. So I, I agree with those locks there. Broncos, who kind of have high hopes for this season, Week One didn't go the way they wanted, but um, you know a chance to redeem themselves against the Steelers this week. Uh, my locks, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. They're, they're a seven-point favorite over the Washington football team. Uh, they go back home to Arizona to, to have their home opener. They both, you know, both teams' teams opened up 1-0. Kyler Murray, I think he's going to be the real deal. you got to be on the lookout for him. Uh, it might be kind of close, I, but I still think the Cardinals cover by a touchdown in that matchup. My other lock, the Cowboys, uh, five-point favorites over the Falcons. Both teams, they lost in week one. I think the Cowboys, they're the overall better team. When you look at them to pen to paper, they're the overall better team. A little bit better coach, too, I think, at Mike McCarthy. So I think McCarthy's going to get it done. His first win at AT&T Stadium will come this weekend. The Falcons, they should be good. They're just never good enough, I think, to get it done. I think the Cowboys uh, get it done with a win uh, and move into tied for first in the NFC East and um, push aside the Washington football team. So uh, Cowboys, minus 4.5 over the Falcons. Cardinals, minus 6.5 over the Washington football team. Those are my locks, and I think we're in for a great weekend of NFL. Uh, if you're betting, good luck to you, um, and and hopefully you can win some money. But, Sam, you got any final remarks before we get out of here? Our second episode of Weekend Prep about in the books. Uh, nope. I'm just hoping my uh, fantasy team um, can get another win this week. Uh, Kenny Galladay, unfortunately, doesn't look like he's going to be playing this week, so it's going to hurt me a little bit. But hopefully we can get the win this week, start out undefeated two weeks in a row. All right. I hope you can, too. And uh, I need to bounce back in my fantasy league. I started 0-1. Wasn't a good performance. I you know, I had a chance to come back in Monday Night Football, but James Conner just did not do anything for me. Didn't do anything. All right. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. I hope your football is great this weekend. Hope you have a great weekend. It's going to be some great football watching weather here in Indiana. Wherever you're listening, we thank you. We're on Twitter, Straight Up Sports Talk on Twitter. You can follow us there uh, for all of our latest episodes, tweets, polls, whatever. We're, we're constantly tweeting. I'm picking up the Twitter game on, on that account. So uh, make sure you follow us there for some great content. All right. We'll talk to you on Monday for Monday Mayhem. We'll wrap up the week in the NFL. Um, and and overreact on a Monday. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on Monday.